people i hope you're doing great and if you're not i hope you're still doing okay um today we're back with another episode which is going to be a bit more personal um about my start um at university so i i just got into university i'm studying at mcgill um well when i say at mcgill um actually i'm studying from home because um i'm from france and mcgill is in Canada and Quebec and I couldn't go because I didn't have my study permit early enough um, and all classes are just virtual so I guess we'll just chat a bit about um, my program uh, which is cognitive science and um, McGill as a whole but also studying uh, virtually and what that implies the perks of it and um, kind of downsides So, yeah, let's get to it. So, this year I started a university and I'm in a cognitive science program. So, my major is cognitive science and then I'm doing a minor in environment. Um, For now, at least, I might change, but for now I've been really liking the environment classes, so I think I might stick with that. Um... I'm I'm a little bit lost to be honest. Um, I really really like um, the brain and the mind, just understanding how the human mind works. And the reason why I chose a minor in environment is um, because I'd really like to find a way to put this understanding of the human mind at the service of um, sustainability measures and um, kind of standpoints. So like with Uh, I don't know, for example, campaigns to kind of um, sensibilize. I'm not sure that's a word in English. It is in French, but um, yeah, just alert kind of the population. Um, Because I know that people with cognitive science uh, uh, qualifications uh, can work uh, with, for example, uh, in marketing or stuff like that because they know what uh how the human mind works and basically what's going to work to to kind of make people buy and so i i guess that maybe this could also be a useful um a useful insight for campaigns for causes that i'd like to support maybe more than just like marketing for for stuff um and i'm i'm still not sure that this is actually a concrete option but um now I'm just rolling it with it and I just really really like all my classes so I'm not regretting it at all um and I feel like anyways when you start studying something in the end like you're not gonna end up doing what you were expecting at the beginning well I think that is true for some um for some things like for example if you if you go into a really really specialized uh subject or area then obviously you're you're gonna probably end up uh, working in that very specialized area or then you're going to do other studies and change but um cognitive science is a really really broad uh program so it's in the faculty of arts and science which means basically that um we have classes that uh traditionally relate to humanities and arts so um For example, this semester I have a philosophy class and um, what else do I have that relates to arts? Um, So I have a psychology class, which is kind of in between arts and science. Um, And then so there's also um, 
the area of science that's really important, and that's why it's uh, an interfaculty program. So in science, uh, for example, this semester I I have a math uh, class, which is actually just a prerequisite that I it's just a class that I have to do um, as a, a requirement because I don't have all the requirements coming from French baccalaureate. Baccalaureate, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, so yeah, for example, I have this, and then this semester I also have a class which is just about the global relationship between arts and science, which I absolutely love. Um, it's a super interesting class, and I might actually base some of these episodes on um, on themes that we explored in this class because it's just super interesting. So that's why um, I chose cognitive science because it's something that's very uh, multidisciplinary. Um, and I, I, I'm not saying that I didn't know what to do, but I, I didn't know what to do. Um, so yeah, I initially wanted to go into psychology and I was not planning at all on going to uh, Canada. I wanted to stay in France and study. Like to me, it wasn't, I hadn't even considered studying abroad as an option. Um, and then came a time around like the start of uh, my last year of high school, I started thinking, wait, um, it's kind of sad that I didn't explore that. But I thought it was too late because um, I was in an international high school and um, everyone around me that wanted to study abroad, well, most of the people who wanted to study abroad in English speaking countries, they wanted to study um, in England and so, well, in the UK as a whole. And so they had already applied like long, a long time ago because you need to do like the applications really, really early. So I had just figured that it was too late and that I like I'd missed the chance. Um, I kind of just accepted that. I was a bit disappointed, but I just accepted it. And also it was easier for me to just accept the fact that um, it wasn't really an option because if I if I had thought it was early enough, then I'd have to like consider consider it seriously and fast and that would be kind of stressful because I'd never really gone out of my comfort zone so studying abroad was like a big step you know um but eventually um in my last year of high school we had this uh kind of forum I guess with people um either adults um or just like students who just came and basically talked about what they what they were doing, uh, their programs or stu of studies or their area of work, um, and this uh, happened in, within my school, uh, within my high school, and I usually found it pretty useless. Well, like it was fun. It was just not extremely useful. But um, last year, so on during the last year of high school, um, I went to one conference because it was organized in like four conferences during the whole morning um a saturday morning i must admit that was very hard but we always we always had class on saturday morning so we just rolled with it, rolled with it i guess um i don't know why i can't talk normally this morning but <laughs> we'll just we'll just deal with it so um i had one of my conferences which was um held by a former student at mcgill and she was actually presenting the cognitive science program. And it, I just, I wanted to do psychology, but I wasn't really sure. And I didn't find it completely like suitable for me because I found that it wasn't 
scientific enough, the approach that um, of psychology in France. And also it's like a really cluttered um, area. So I was kind of scared because like you can't just go into into an area that's very like demanded without knowing uh, for sure that that's what you want to do because then you have like a chance of just failing and anyways I don't want to discourage anyone who would be watching this and who wants to do psych or is doing psych in France or in any other country I don't really know how cluttered it is in other countries but um if it's what you want just go for it for sure it's just that I'm I'm like a really really stressed person so I was kind of scared by that and um, so I wasn't totally satisfied by psychology. And this girl um, who came for the conference, she talked about cognitive science and I had already kind of explored that area, but there wasn't any place to study that in France. Um, well, I'll develop that a bit later. There actually is a place, but it's, it's a bit complicated. And so she talked about McGill and she started telling us that, yeah, it wasn't too late to apply. You just had to send literally just send your like your school reports and that was it like no letter nothing you just had to send your school reports and then they looked at your grades and they just like made their decision and I was kind of shocked to be honest like I think some of my friends that might be listening to this they might remember um, me going out of the forum and I was just like what the fuck I think I want to study in Canada what and yeah that was a like a big realization you know like kind of the pivot pivot moments in life yeah that was that was kind of that but then also I was just thinking no Amelie this was like super rash don't don't like no you can't go study abroad that's crazy um and yet here I am <laughs> um yeah so I I just like started researching it a lot and I talked about it with my parents uh, my mom was a bit overwhelmed by the thought um which I totally understand because she was just thinking that I would be in like the city not far from where I live which I'm not gonna cite obviously um for privacy reasons and so yeah she thought that I would just be staying at home or in a city not far and that she would still have her her daughter and then I just like came home and was like yeah so I saw this thing um it's in Canada <laughs> so that was a that was a big a big one and that's how I kind of discovered um the whole possibility the whole option of of uh, studying cognitive science at McGill and yeah that was it was very unexpected and I mean I'd already like researched cognitive science don't get me wrong I didn't just like listen to a one-hour conference and then suddenly decide to go study abroad like I really researched it a lot after that and eventually it just turned out to be the best option for me. So now I want to talk a bit about the whole process of like applying and um, choosing your courses. Um, so like registering for specific courses and also um, just like global things that I that I had to do 
before starting because I feel like that was a really, really stressful time for me. And if anyone here is listening and interested and wants some advice on it, um, then I'm glad to help. And if you want some more details, feel free to really like send me a message because honestly, I would not be here without the forum that I went to. So I just really, really wish that I could have gone there this year as well. Um, But it's not happening because of COVID. And this is also partly why I'm doing this episode um, because I'm I'm probably going to send this to to some people that uh, from my high school um, so that if people want information about cognitive science or about McGill, then they can just listen to this and have some more insight. Um, So the first thing I had to do uh, during the process was just like submit um, my reports. That was actually not like pretty easy. I was really shook at how little we had to to submit um, for the application. Um, I think that's all that I had to submit, but I'm not totally sure. Uh, But anyways, all of this is detailed on the website if you're interested. Um, Then there's also the whole immigration process. So I can't really speak about that um, on an objective level because this year was really specific. So what you have to do overall is apply for a CAQ, um, which is a Certificat d'application au Québec. I think that's what it is, but I'm not totally sure. Um, And then once you have your CAQ, you can apply for a study permit, which is basically just a a visa that allows you to to live in in Quebec uh, during the time of your studies. So these are two things that you need to worry about um, very, very early. Um, I, as soon as I knew that I, that I got in, I applied for my CAQ or like maybe two weeks later or something like that. Um, I applied for the CAQ and then we were, we got COVID and all. And so it just like took three months, three months for me to actually get it. Um, but in, in like normal times, it would be a lot faster. And then after that, um, so all of these informations can be found on the websites of, uh, like, I think, Canadian government. And you can also find a lot of information on the McGill website. Um, it's not very complicated. It's just, like, a bit long, I guess, to apply for all these things. And you just, like, just need to be organized about it and get to it early so you don't stress and you don't, like, miss the beginning of classes and all. Um, again, I don't know if classes are going to continue, like, distanced or in person so I have no clue if this is going to continue being a problem but it was for me because well obviously everything took a lot more time and then the study permit for the study permit coming from France you have to um, do some biometrics so that's also something to worry about Um, so basically you just have to go to a biometric center so there's one in Lyon and one in, in Paris Um, I think there are several in Paris, actually, and you have to, they take your, like, your fingerprints and a picture of you, things like that, Um, and so for that, you'll have to take an appointment, but everything is explained on the website, Um, so yeah, if you're interested, you don't have to worry about that before knowing if you're actually accepted, but once you are, I would recommend uh, doing it quite quickly because then after that, it's behind you and you don't have to worry about it anymore. 
So that's one thing. And then there's another thing which was very, very stressful for me, which was uh, course registration. And um, this was actually so stressful because I just did not know that that was how it worked. And I, I honestly feel really, really dumb for like not knowing this because I feel like it's something that I should have somehow like came across when I was doing my research about like my program and stuff and I just feel like it's so not me to not go to the bottom of um of like a subject or something and I feel like I I obviously did not dig enough into the whole cognitive science McGill at McGill um issue because I would have known that I had to like choose specific courses and I did not but anyways all is well that is well because I ended up learning it I don't know exactly how that I had to choose my courses I think it's pretty obvious after a while but it's just that I discovered it after being accepted and I feel like I should have known that before applying that that's how the system works in in Canada. So how does the system work? Because I'm talking a lot and I'm not explaining a lot of things. So basically what you have to do once you get into a program um, is you have to choose the specific courses that you're going to take. So your undergraduate studies at McGill, which are for French people, uh, the equivalents kind of of a licence, um, they can last either three or four years. So I actually um, came into U1 because I come from France. And so we get to come directly into U1. Um, and usually people from Quebec, Quebec who haven't done uh, Cégep, you don't need to understand all that if this doesn't concern you. But anyways, uh, people who come from there and who haven't done Cégep, usually um, they get into U0 at first. And so if you come into U0, you don't have to choose your major yet. So you don't have to choose kind of the program that you're specializing in. You just need to choose your faculty. And then once you get into U1, you have to choose your major. So if you're coming directly into U1, you need to directly choose your major. Um, and your minor as well, but I think you can change that one. Um, minors are not that like stressful and important um so once you've chosen your your major you need to map out your your program because basically I think in France it's a lot lot more um like there's a lot less choice basically you go into a program and okay these are the classes that you're going to do and then maybe you get to choose between like two options or something at one point and then as you go along the years maybe you get a lot a little bit more choice as regards your classes because you get more specialized into an area of what you're studying but in Canada that's not the way it works um well at least at McGill I'm not sure about like other universities you have to choose every single class that you take um, and I'm not sure that this is the fa the same thing for different programs because I know I've talked to people from other programs who have had less trouble choosing their classes, and I think that's also because some programs have less choice. So, like for example, um, if you go into a, I don't know like a bioscience I don't even know if that's a program but a bioscience program maybe you're gonna have um, a sort of trop commun. So like a sort of general list of classes that you'll have to take anyways. 
Um, and so you'll have less choice and um, less struggle to choose your classes. But for cognitive science, since it's uh, multidisciplinary and um, it's very large, uh, you have to ch make a lot of choices and I'm not one to make choices. Um, but this is like really, really cool. It's, it's a great thing because you actually get to do exactly the classes that you want to do and you're you're like studying what you want to study and that's just amazing really um so making the choice is a bit hard but once you have it's just like incredible so if you guys want if any of you want the links to like the kind of classes from which you can choose um i can definitely send that to you but um overall you have a list of classes that you have to take and for all these classes there's like a choice every time so for example you have to take a philosophy class and then you have like three choices um or you have to take a logic class and you have like three choices or you have to take well stuff like that and then there are like i think two or three classes that you actually have have to take and you don't have a choice and then once you got that down uh, those are the core requirements and then once you have that down, you can choose um, other courses and there's a lot, a lot of choice. And for those other courses, you have to choose something that is called a stream and uh, you don't have to choose that right away. I'm thinking of going into psych, but I'm not sure at all. Um, so you can like keep your first year to kind of try out different, um, well, the different classes, because most of these classes you've probably never taken before. Uh, I had never, I've never had a linguistics course yet because that's one of the areas of cognitive science. And, oh, I feel like I should probably tell you the areas of cognitive science. So at McGill, there are five kind of like branches. So there's uh, psychology, um, there's philosophy, linguistics. Um, how am I forgetting the other ones? Uh, there's neuroscience and what is the last one? A computer science. Um, okay, and so you need to choose a stream, which is basically one of these areas that you're gonna kind of specialize in. Um, so you're gonna have more classes in that area and you can kind of choose that depending on what you want your work opportunities to look like and also like your interests. Um, but all of them give pretty good outcomes, I guess. Um, and so since I have never had a, a linguistics class yes, yet, I'm having one in winter, I can't like know for sure that I'm not going to take a linguistics stream, for example, but you still have time to think about that, and that's about it for course choices. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Also, residences. Uh, that's another thing that you're going to have to choose if you want to live in a residence. Um, so I wanted to live in residence and uh, look at me now at home, stuck here. Um, there are a lot of residence choices. I might make another one, another episode on that. Maybe not because I'm not sure anyone is interested in this. Because um, I think most people listening to this are already at McGill or something. So they don't really care. Um, but yeah, you can choose a residence and there are a lot of options. Uh, it's guarantee you're guaranteed a spot in first year and then usually for the later years people just live in an apartment in the city because it's a really student-friendly city so it's pretty easy to find some apartments that aren't too expensive I guess. So that's it for all the like administrative kind of choices that you have to make. I might have forgotten some things, don't quote me on this, but that's kind of an overview.
now to finish off, I would like to talk about um, studying virtually because that's something that I've had to do. <laughs> um, so McGill announced that we would not have in-person classes, I think in maybe July or June. I don't actually remember. Like, I remember the day very, very vividly. Um, I just remember that I was study I was doing physics and I didn't understand anything and I was just like so sick of it. And then I look at my phone and I see on the McGill group chats. Also, I'll talk about group chats in a while. Um, on the McGill group chat, I see uh, that French people are saying, oh God, it's not going to be in person. Uh, this is horrible. And I just look at the website and I look at my emails and I see that and I was just devastated. Um, yeah, that was like a big shock. I started crying, I think, probably. <laughs> um, but I'm like, in retrospect, I'm happy that they they told us early because we could just like get on with it, like see that it was going to be virtual and then like go through all the stages of grief and then just accept it and roll with it because now even in France most things are, are virtual because we're back in lockdown and so I feel like just starting something for like one week in person and then saying oh no actually it's going to be virtual and then coming back for like one week and then going away again which is what some of my friends at Sciences Po ended up um, having to go through I think that's kind of worse to be honest because you just like you don't know where to stand and you can't really get into this routine which is really important like to organize yourself because at the beginning of the year you're always like kind of overwhelmed and like you have a lot of stuff going on you don't know how to organize everything and then once you get the hang of it it gets better but if every two weeks you're changing format then it's just like super complicated to adapt to so in retrospect, I'm really happy that they told us early and they've actually done the same for the winter semester, which is also going to be virtual. Um, yay, <laughs> love my life. No, but honestly, I'm, I'm still thinking of going for the winter because now I have my study permit, but I'm, I'm like hesitant. So anyways, that's the whole context of virtual learning. Um, so I'm going to give you a few recommendations if you're learn if you're not in person right now or if you think that you won't be soon or just if you want to hear me talking about some random stuff. Um, so as regards social life, um, I can't give you like a perfect solution because obviously I've been more isolated than usual. It's a lot more complicated to make friends and like not make friends, but make like real friends. Because I like at the start of the um, of summer, I like messaged a lot of people that I just thought had a good vibe to them. And I ended up um, like staying in contact in like really, really regular contact with a few people. Um, and then a lot of other people, we just lost touch. And that's OK. That like that's totally OK. If you are looking to make friends virtually, you have to just accept the fact that some people are not going to stay in your life, and that's totally fine. Um, so yeah, I engaged with a lot of people, and some just, like, we didn't match. There wasn't, like, there wasn't the wow effect, you know? Um, and so we just went about our lives. But some people I've been talking to for a while now, um, and then once you get to know those people, I'd recommend, like, maybe doing Zooms with them. Um, I know that I, I did some like video, well, like some video chats with um, some people 
and that was pretty fun. Also, um, we like organized a lot of stuff for when we're actually going to be able to meet, which is on the one hand really cool because it gives you something to look forward to in these times where you kind of feel like you, it's never ending and we're never going to get out of lockdown and out of COVID. Um, but on the other hand, it's kind of disheartening because I feel like we could be doing all of this already, like going apple picking at McGill. Well, not at McGill, but in, in Quebec. Um and like going to Harry Styles concert, um, actually, yeah, I'm going to a Harry Styles concert next year with one of the people that I met, uh, two of the people who I met through chat and stuff like that is just like really, really good because it gives you something to look forward to. Um, yeah, like watching the sunrise on Montreal, like stuff like that, basic stuff that maybe is never going to happen, but who knows? And it just like solidifies kind of the relationships. Um, and I also recommend joining some group chats. Now, that is like totally up to you because I know that it can have a double effect as well. It can be very overwhelming because people, some like some group chats are very, very active and people are always, always talking on them. And it gets a lot because your phone is like going crazy. And yeah, so I, I totally understand if that's like too overwhelming for some people. But there are like two types of group chats. There are those for the actual classes. Um, which I definitely recommend joining because if you have a question or anything, then you can just go ahead and ask. Um, there are discussion boards on the actual My Courses website, which is the, the website where we have all our course material. Um, but I think sometimes it's good to just like talk to your peers without necessarily having to talk to the profs and all. Um, and then there are some like more fun group chats. Uh, so, like, for example, I'm in a vegan group chat. I'm in a podcast group chat. Um, I think probably others, but I don't really remember because most of them are pretty inactive now that the year has started because we've all got, like, pretty caught up with work and all. So, yeah, these are the two types of group chats, and I definitely recommend joining them. And also, um, I recommend uh, going on the Facebook. On Facebook, um, there's the this Facebook page. Uh, for new like students and this is really really good to connect that's where I saw most of the people um, who I messaged because um, like people post pictures of themselves with like descriptions and then you can kind of say oh that looks like a good vibe let's go message them so yeah that's for social um, the social aspect and then for the class aspect um, and organization and everything I just think at the start, it's going to be overwhelming. You just need to be prepared to it. Um, it's not the same as in person, but like get yourself a schedule. Also, every class is going to function differently. Like some profs are going to give you a final exam and midterm as, it, as per usual. And some profs are just going to gonna say oh well um we're actually just gonna have like six assignments during the whole semester um and that's it and then some profs like in math are gonna give you one assignment per week and one quiz per week and a final assessment and two midterms so yay and that looks like a lot but honestly I don't even find that I work more in math than the other subjects I just think that at the start um it's a lot to take in and you just have to like accept that maybe you're not going to be able to do everything you just need to get your head in there and just like go move forward and then once like maybe one or two weeks in 
you can start forming a, a kind of schedule in your head, like saying, okay, um, now I kind of understand that every week I have this to do. And I kind of understand that um, this prof usually gives us the material on Mondays. So, and then the other profs give them like later on the week. So maybe I should like really do this on Monday because otherwise I'm going to be overwhelmed at the end of the week. Um, so yeah, just like kind of get your organization in your head and it also does not hurt to put it on paper. Um, what I did also is I made like some small uh, papers with like the different courses that I have. So we usually have five courses. You can also just take four. Um, and so with like how the class functions, so is it a recorded lecture? Is it um, something that they send us uh, like a pre-recorded lecture? Um, are there Q&As? Because most profs, they record the lecture and then you also have live Q&As. Um, so like basically how the class works, is there a textbook? So I wrote that down. Is there, are there office hours? Um, are there like tutorials or conferences, which are just classes in smaller groups? Um, yeah, just how the class works. And then another part about the assessments. So are there quizzes? Are they daily? Are they weekly? Daily, what am I saying? There are no classes, but daily quizzes. Don't worry about that. Um, are there finals? Are there midterms? Are there other types of examinations? Is there a form of extra credit? Because in psychology, for example, we can do psychology experiments, like participate um, in experiments. Um, yeah, so like just like recapping everything that's going on in each in each subject in each course and then once you actually get in there just like you won't check the the papers anymore I don't even check them at all because it's like integrated now but at the start it's really reassuring and just like know that we're all in the same situation and I, that's also why the group chats are really important because you can just see that you're not alone and everyone's kind of overwhelmed by the situation. So that's it for today. Also, I just wanted to make a quick disclaimer because I listened to what I just said and I realized that one, I've been very, very negative about it, whereas this is like really an amazing experience. Even if I'm not physically there and even if it's not in person and even if I haven't been meeting a lot of people actually, this is still like really great and I love the classes, the content is honestly amazing the props are super dedicated for the most part um and honestly virtual learning has its perks and i realize now that i did not talk about this in this episode and i might make another one about these perks and about like yeah just my impressions on virtual learning but um for now that's it and also another disclaimer um, at the start, I talked about why I had chosen to go into cognitive science and I was kind of very vague about the actual um, possibilities of work uh, when you graduate um, from a cognitive science um, program. And there are a lot of other opportunities. You can work in research if you continue your studies. You can work in er ergonomy. I'm not sure that's how you say it in English because I know most of the terms in French. But, uh, um, you can work in marketing, you can work uh, with psychologists, you can, and like there are, there is a really, really wide array of things you can do. You can also work with artificial intelligence. That is a big, big one because with the whole computer science stream, it's really important. So like, <clears throat> 
mimicking um, and kind of reproducing human behavior and machines and stuff. So there is like a lot of um, potential uh, professional opportunities with uh, this major. Um, so yeah, that was just what I wanted to add because I feel I felt like I had been kind of maybe too negative about the whole thing. Um, so yeah, that's about it. I hope you enjoyed it, even though this was a bit different and maybe not that interesting for most people. But um, if you are here to learn more about cognitive science, please let me know if there's anything that I haven't covered. Same thing for McGill. And if you were just here to have a good time, I hope you did. And um, I'll see you soon.